Hello you, my name is Lauren Layfield and this is your next podcast. The show that podcast fans everywhere have been waiting for. Wasting time looking for shows to watch and shows to listen to, it is surely a first world problem of the highest order, but can I just say, it's a problem nonetheless. It can almost drive you nuts. That is why I've decided to take the pain away by sharing some of the brilliant things I have listened to, which I think you will enjoy too. What a gift from me to you. No need to thank me. Every week, I'll bring you the first episode of a brand new podcast, which I have tried and tested personally, ready for you to get stuck into. Plus, if you follow your next podcast, more great suggestions will appear in your favorite podcast app and you'll automatically create a fail-safe list of five-star shows to pick from so you're spoiled for choice. No more scrolling. This week, the show I am recommending is Worst Case Scenario, hosted by Abby Clark and Julia Stenton, who say the show is for recovering true crime addicts who want to hear extraordinary true stories of life-changing events from the perspective of the heroes instead of the villains, which I quite like. It's a really fun show with some pretty unbelievable scenarios from stuff like helicopter crashes to bungee cords snapping and even surviving seven lightning strikes. On the 27th of January, 1971, Dougal, Lynn and their children, 16-year-old Douglas, 18-year-old Anne and twin sons, Neil and Sandy, age nine, climb onto their boat at Falmouth Harbour, Cornwall, and set sail without any preparation, ready for the adventure of a lifetime. The hosts who would, you'll come to learn, would be clearly hopeless in an emergency, Um, but they're trying to make notes should they themselves find themselves in any of the pickles described, and it's very, very funny at the same time. I really enjoy this. Um, The episode that I'm going to play for you is about a family whose sailing boat is capsized by a pod of orca, which is just wild. Um, It's called The Robertson Family Part 1. Warning, the theme tune is a serious earworm. Get attacked by an angry shark Stuck up a mountain in the dark Pushed up the top of a big landmark Hit by lightning in your local park Caught in a downpour of acid rain Struck by a meteor or a train A proton beam passing through your brain Attacked by that angry shark again Hear how they survive Trampled by a herd of buffalo Chased with an axe by your new friend Joe Buried alive in a pile of snow it's the worst case Hello! Hi! Episode 1! Oh my god! (laughs) It's finally happening. Here we go. Who are you? We've just started. (laughs) This is it. I'm Abby Clark. I'm Julia Stenton. Uh, We're both stand-up comedians. I also do social media. And I'm in my 30s. Yeah. Uh, but despite the glaring age gap, Julia's mm. my best friend. <laughs> Colleague. Uh, we, we both met at our very first gig in Bristol back in 2019, where we... Feels like longer, doesn't it? Okay. <laughs> All right. I blame the lockdown. Okay, yeah. Uh, those those years you were without me. Yeah, they um, felt they Really felt, felt long. long. Mm. So uh, we immediately bonded over morbid stories. And true crime. But our favourite true crime stories are the ones of survival. Yes. 
We love those ones. We like yes. a happy ending. Like most true crime fans, our first words to each other were, have you heard of Mary Vincent? Yeah. When we announced this podcast, one of the first comments was, you have to do Mary Vincent. No. Yeah. She's just the name. When yeah. I moved into my new house share yeah. and I said I liked true crime, my housemate Ash went, oh my God, have you heard the story of that girl? And I was like, Mary Vincent. Wow. <laughs> She's like the name. She's a hero. I mean, what a survival story. And she's genuinely why we're making this podcast. Yeah. So we have to save her for a very special episode. Yeah, we have definitely. If you don't know who Mary Vincent is, um, where the hell have you been? (laughs) Um, But she, she was attacked by a man who cut both her arms off. That's right. We're going hard. Mm, Episode one straight in. Keep it light. Uh, Cut both her arms off and threw her down. Was it a ravine? Yeah. Yeah. A ravine. Mountain? I believe it was a mountain. Yeah. (laughs) let's go ravine something very tall yeah yeah um and then at the bottom she caked her severed arms in mud yeah to, to step stop the bleeding to stop the bleeding climbed back up the ravine slash cliff and survived to tell the tale in court how inspiring is that we cannot measure up to that and now she walks dogs oh there's like a really nice picture of her just like with loads of leads and Love loads of dogs that. yeah she also probably does a lot more important things, but I like the dogs. Um, and as we are now overly anxious recovering true crime addicts, we've, we've consumed so. too much. Probably all the true crime there is. Yeah. A lot of it. Every day, whenever there's silence in my life. I went to a like course recently, like a podcast course, because you know, I, take, I take this shit seriously. Mm. Um, and they were like, let's go around the room and say what podcasts we all listen to and when Mm. and everyone was like oh well i like to listen to this gossip podcast and i like Mm. to listen to this documentary and i listen to this and a bit of that it got to me i was like i exclusively listen to true crime and when oh um yeah whenever there's just like silence in my life yeah (laughs) trying to fall asleep and everyone just like scooted their chair just away from me yeah i'm surprised you're the only one true crime's huge Maybe just because I surround myself with people who also <laughs> like true crime. So I feel like it's a big, it's a bigger deal. It is a big deal. I think so. But I think some people balance it with other kinds of podcasts. Oh. Whereas I'm like, nope. Yeah, no, me neither. I have one thing and I like it. But we do like survival more, which is why we've made this. Because I was like, I just wish I had a true crime survival podcast where they always survive it, it does take some of the anxiety out of it a little bit because i think i've just got to a point where i just believe i'm screwed in every situation yeah and i just needed yeah. a little bit of hope to be like oh okay even if you know the worst case scenario nice <laughs> got the title in well early but like even if you get into yeah. your worst nightmare like survival is possible and it's good to be reminded of that yeah and that's what this podcast is going to do for us yeah. And you, hopefully. <laughs> Actually, it's, it's, it's just for me. You guys are just oh, okay. here to, Not even to me, watch, just... listen. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. Um, but yeah, we're going to be basically telling each other shocking, inspiring survivor stories we can find um, and take one thing from each story to add to a survival toolkit mm-hmm. to um, help us survive. Yeah, to help us in our own lives, maybe. Well, I don't feel like many of them are relevant to, like, True. everyday life. But it's good to have but in your back pocket. the situation arise, yeah. we know what to whack out. There we go. Um, and what, what else, Julia? We also want to hear from you, because we're, we're going to end every episode with some listener stories of survival. Yes. So if you have a story where you've survived the worst case scenario whatever you meet you take that to mean yeah so send them to help at wcspod.com i survived a wasp the other day 
Okay. No. Maybe worse than that. No, it was like, bad. Ma- okay. Let me tell you. It was- <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I didn't. I, I gave up my room for three days. I don't know if I we want to like, set this as the bar. Was, do, you like, do you know what? I was like, you take your time, mate. You've taken up squatters' rights. Just let me know when you're done with the room. Did it officially check out or? No, it died down the side of my wardrobe. Okay. But I couldn't sleep in there until I found it and confirmed it's Were you popping death. in every day just to check or was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I set out a trap, but that didn't work. Everyone was like, why don't you open the window? Because there were more wasps outside the window. I think there may be a nest. I called a exterminator for one wasp. <laughs> you didn't. I genuinely did. Abby Clark. No, okay, okay, okay. But yeah, I couldn't open the window to let out the window because there were more wasps outside and they'd just come in. Yeah. So that's why I just gave up the room. I was like, you know what, mate? Fair enough. You. Okay. Y- you have your time. But because there were so many outside the window, we were like, there's probably a nest. Yeah. So we ran the exterminator. He couldn't come that day. So I was like, okay, can you come tomorrow? He did. Loveliest man. What a guy. Mm. Um, but obviously when he turns up, all the other wasps are gone. Yeah. Um, Funny also, how they do that. To be fair, it? the wasp in my room was gone. Oh, God. But, like, not for, like, I hadn't found it. So this exterminator... I hadn't found a corpse yet, so, like, I still wasn't sleeping in the room. Okay. So he he just, like, turned up and he looked and he was like, well, I can't see anything, so I can't help. But, like, he was like, you're going to have to... To be fair, I'm still worried because then for the next few days, every day I found a dead bee. And that's worse because, like, bees are cute. And so... So we need to save the bees. Yeah, we need to save the bees. No one's campaigning to save the wasps. No. And also, like, an exterminator can't deal with bees. You have to, like, remove the nest. And also... If a nest is in your, like, loft, apparently it can, like, fall through the ceiling. Like, because, like, uh, the honey or, I don't know, it, like, destroys the ceiling. Oh. But we can't get in our loft because it's rented and mm. our landlord lives in New Zealand. So they're not coming oh. back anytime soon. Right. Um. So, yeah, so we called him out and he was like, I can't do anything, but, like, let me know if you find a nest. And then he just left. He I didn't love charge that, me. I love that even your hometown is 18 pages long. <laughs> <laughs> This is the first episode, Julia. They don't know what that means. Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay, we're recording this after the story. Turns out, I wrote a dissertation. Yeah. This, the first two episodes are dropping at the same time as a two-parter <laughs> because Abby um, decided that 18 pages is probably I'm how sorry. long an hour takes to like say to do out my loud. Research. Yeah. She, I thought the details would be interesting. She thoroughly... They are. Oh, let's I'm not, not act like it's not. I'm not disputing. It's a real good story. It's a great story. You're in for a treat. Um, um, and it and it it was worthy of all 18 pages. Agreed. But that is why they're coming at you at the same time. Two part, baby. You're welcome. <laughs> this wasp that took over your life is in your new house. Yes, my new flat. Your new flat in London, which yes. you have just moved to. Yes. From Bristol. Oh my God, I survived that as well because I found my housemates on Facebook and that could have gone real wrong. Oh my God, yeah. Real wrong. I've not learned, I haven't learned anything from true crime. That's really trusting of you. I'm very surprised. I know. That's how desperate it is trying to find a place to live in London. Truly, truly. Because I, like I started, I was like, I don't want to live with anyone I don't know. I was also like, I'm not living alone. Yeah, yeah. Then I had to like take that down. I was like, okay, I will live with strangers. Yeah. And then I had to take it down to, I will live with strangers from Facebook. But it's turned out great. They're amazing. Yeah. And I've also recently become a regular at a cafe. Okay. And it's like, it's a really proud moment for me. Do you not know what, like, so. Do you realize that was a hard thing to achieve? Don't you just go there? (laughs) A lot. A lot. (laughs) But like, I don't like getting like, recognized anywhere i like oh to God, no not in that way a... oh my god <laughs> but like i hate as soon as you start going to the gym enough that they know your name 
Right. I don't like that. I've never had that problem. Yeah. Well, you know, some of us. Sure. We're all about the games. Yeah. And I like to be just like invisible. Yeah. Wherever You've I go. You've chosen the wrong job. <laughs> what are you talking about? This is audio only. <laughs> <laughs> I like to be like totally invisible. Mm. But I go to this cafe now where that's kind of like on. I go there like every day. Mm. Yeah, they walk then, in and they're like, Abby. No, they don't know my name yet. Um. And they ask me what I do. And I just said, writer. Oh, mysterious. Because, so they did used to have old management. Do you wear a baseball cap when you go in? Only when I have a spot. Okay. Which has been this week. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, But the the old people that used to own the cafe, I made the mistake when they said, what do you do? Because obviously I was in there a lot. And I said, I'm a comedian. Worst mistake in my life. Yeah. Because immediately, tell us a joke. Yeah. And what did you say? And what do you do? And also, any man who finds out you're a comedian, loves to ask, are you into, like, really dark humour then? Really? Yeah, because they're like, oh, my God, yeah, finally a girl that's going to get my, like, Madeline McCann jokes, yeah. Oh, okay. Like, oh, yeah, you're going to get it. You're you're cool, you're fun. And you're like, nah, I just do, like, really basic, relatable, observational comedy. Yeah. (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah, so that was a mistake. So this time I went writer, Hmm. but he brought a free lemon drizzle over. With a, with a little wink. He oh, he fancies, fancies me. You. Okay. Uh, no, he doesn't. <laughs> did he? Then, did he? Li- did he have a, a napkin with his number? No. Underneath it? Oh. No. That, like I'd, that would, I'd be. I'd get nervous about that. That's too much stress. So actually, he's given me three free things so far. So I got first day. I got a free lemon drizzle. Second day, I got a free pastry. Third day. This cafe is going to go out of business. I don't know how they're making money. What the hell? <laughs> and then the third day, I went in and I was taking takeaway. And like we're at the chatting stage now, so you're like, oh, I've got an idea, I've got to get back. Mm. And I, I ordered the coffee, and I was like, I also have a cookie. Um, and he said, this one's on us. And I was like, and I said, yeah, like every fucking thing else <laughs> in this place, apparently. I bet you, if you went into the staff room, it's just pi- uh, pictures of your face yeah. all over the walls. I think he's just intimidated by my figure, and he's trying to fatten me up. Oh, oh maybe he's planning to eat me. Okay, so then <laughs> he picked the wrong one, <laughs> and then. I, I was like, you're giving me too much free stuff. I said it. Because um, someone That's has mental. to. You know? you I'm a that? good person. Okay. Um, and he said, no, you're a regular. Wink. Slid it over. And wow. that was a big life achievement. Yeah. That is, yeah. Um, Would you prefer he fancy you? No, no, I'd rather be You'd a rather regular. rather be a regular. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like a regular, you're cool. But of course you're going to be a regular. If people hand out free stuff. Like, that's how they get people hooked on crack. The first one is always free. But that's not why I'm going. It sounds like it's absolutely why you're going. Would well, you, okay, if he, he didn't give me anything free today, so... Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, because he's already got you in. He's hooked you in. I like his vibe, though, because the other day I was in the cafe and it was, like, three o'clock and he was already drinking wine. Yes, man. I think he's just stealing from the business. Yeah. <laughs> Does he own the business? Does he just work there? I don't think so. I think he's just the manager. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm worried about this guy. I like him. Yeah. <laughs> he's fun. He and do? he's Italian. Ooh, so it's a little okay. bit of like, ooh Yeah. You know? Right. Well, lucky you. So that's my big news. Good. <laughs> You've graduated to regular. I've graduated. I've never been a regular a anywhere. Pressure now, Abby. Can't to be honest, like, I've moved a lot in my life, so I've never been a regular anywhere. Oh, okay. I feel like this is like a big moment. It big is a big moment. Yeah. You've established yourself hey 
Hey guys, this is a new podcast. So if you're enjoying what you're hearing so far, we would really appreciate your support. To help it grow, you can hit that follow button. Follow us on TikTok and Instagram at WCS Pod. Uh, or the most powerful thing you can do is just tell a friend who you know who would also love it. Okay, we'll shut up now and tell you the story. Okay. It is the 23rd of July, 1972. Mm. Storytelling already. Okay. A Japanese... F- oh, no. I forgot to look up how to say all of these words. Yes, lovely. <laughs> don't look it up. Please don't look it up. Please just do. Read it and then say... Also, um, what people won't know about mm. the Abby Clark comedy <laughs> is that... Um, yes, she's great at sketches. And yes, she's oh, a thanks. fabulous stand-up comedian. That's the first compliment Julia's ever given me. I, it felt bitter in my mouth when I said it. Um, but also, Abby, she's great at um, accents, all accents oh, of every different type. So over the course of this series, you're in for a real treat. Whenever we have a story from a different country... <laughs> uh, I'm not Abby doing the Japanese accent, Julia. <laughs> I would genuinely rather say we all had the same 24 hours in a day, all right? We're not saying it. Okay, all right, fine. But this Japanese fishing trawler is called... Go on. The Toka Maru 2. <laughs> so if you could write in and um, tell us exactly how Abby... Neil's looking it up. <laughs> Neil's getting ahead of the the drama. This is like succession. You've got to get is ahead it? of the scandal. Get ahead of the scandal. This could not be further from succession. I've never watched succession. I just wanted to join in. Okay. Okay. So the Just the, say it with confidence. Exactly. Yeah. Uh Maru the second um is on her way to the Panama Canal. They are nearly three hundred miles from land when they spot a distress flare okay. in the distance. Right? All the fishermen can see is a small dinghy measuring just nine feet long, adrift in the Pacific Ocean. They watch as the tiny dinghy pitches and rolls in the vast emptiness of the ocean. You can tell I copied and pasted that bit. (laughs) And assume that the occupants must be long gone. The occupants. Occupants. Yes. I copied and pasted that. Long gone. But they're wrong because the spoiler this is a survival podcast everybody survives that's great oh yeah i did forget that for a minute. um a family of five yeah plus a friend oh. <laughs> unnamed friend um this event did have plus ones yeah are on board packed like sardines into every nook and cranny of the boat and they're about to find out that these people have spent nearly six weeks <gasps> stranded in the middle of the ocean Oh my god. Musical sting. Weeks. So let's go back. Okay. That was really that was good. We can add Can't do accents, can't do sound effects. Okay. A year and a half before this, Mm -hmm. Lynn and Dougal Robertson were running a struggling dairy farm in Staffordshire, UK. Great. UK represent. Mm. That sounded bad (laughs) Dougal was a retired merchant navy officer and he'd been a farmer for 15 years but they were struggling and they couldn't afford electricity bills and things um lynn was a practicing midwife and state registered nurse uh they lived a very isolated life and Dougal wanted to offset this and expose his children to the world and educate them in the university of life so when his youngest asked daddy's a sailor why don't we sail around the world? He and his wife sold the farm, took their life savings, and purchased a 43-foot sailing ship called, this is a guess, Lucette. That, that feels like- important. I feel like I should know how to say Can that. Can I just ask, how old is the kid that they're just 
deciding to change their entire lives on an on a flippant comment nine right good okay it's how all good stories yeah that seems smart doesn't it it's like it's like it's it's from the point of like a disney film the kids they're putting way too much trust in this kid's decision making skills way too much yes fine watch six hours of peppa pig let's not sell the farm (laughs) like keep the farm please okay they sell the farm. They sell okay. the farm. Yeah. They buy the they're boat. They're trusting Jimmy and they're selling the farm. Yeah. Okay, silly. Okay, his name's not Jimmy. Sorry. It's Neil. Neil. Is it really Neil? It's genuinely Neil. Little Neil. Shout out Neil. Neil's yeah. our producer. Yeah. Look at us with the producer. Yeah. Aren't we doing well? So they buy the boat and they sail her from... I love that people call boats like her. Do you know what I mean? I bet you do. Yeah. I can see that. They sail her <laughs> from Malta to Falmouth in October 1970. And although Dougal love that name, was a master mariner and an experienced sailor. Um, And Anne learned a few of the basics on the voyage back from Malta. The children had zero sailing experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you'd think the children of master sailors probably would have a bit more. Yeah. Especially Um, those children are the ones who are dictating how you spend... Yeah. Like, I have have minimal football experience, but it was to gain my father's love. Yeah, yeah. Take take an interest. I was a midfielder. Just wanted to brag. (laughs) Any, if any, I used to play if for... any lads are listening, uh, <laughs> not like other girls. Um, <laughs> um, they have no experience. But even so, on the 27th of January, 1971, Dougal, Lynn and their children, 16-year-old Douglas, 18-year-old Anne and twin sons, Neil and Sandy, age nine, climb onto their boat at Falmouth Harbour, Cornwall, and set sail without any preparation, ready for the adventure of a lifetime. Are you there? Do you see it? I'm there. I see it. I see the disaster in the, in What's the fun on the horizon. Is I, I read in one article, I didn't include it because it was only in one article, but apparently they nearly died just leaving the harbour. Yeah, they should. <laughs> like, I'll be honest. Um, this could, does not surprise me. But I couldn't find that story, so that might just be hearsay. Okay. okay. Surprisingly, apart from the harbour issue, the first 18 months went off without hitch. Dad Dougal was living the dream. His son Douglas has a memory of his dad standing on the deck and screaming "Yee-haw!" <laughs> as a wave came across the bow and soaked them, all while his brothers fell about laughing. Oh, <laughs> how idyllic. Dad is so fun. They sailed across the Atlantic and they stopped. So yeah, they stopped at various Caribbean ports and the 18-year-old daughter decided to get off and have a little holiday in the Bahamas. Correct life yeah. decision. Um, and then in, to replace her, the family welcomed on board... A hitchhiker. You've got to have one in, one out on a boat, famously. <laughs> it's the rule. And they welcomed on board a hitchhiker called Robin Williams. Great. The? Who you could say was hunting for a little bit of goodwill. Oh. Get it? Get it? Excellent. On the way to New Zealand. That's a really good joke. That's very clever. Do you say that when you do stand-up? I do, actually. That's a really good joke. If they don't laugh, yeah, you yeah. have to tell them. You're yeah, like, no, yeah. you've missed that. That was yeah. actually very good. Um, <laughs> in some articles... <laughs> so just to be clear, it wasn't the Robin Williams. <laughs> no, <Okay>. but <laughs> it's not the only... It is now in my head. It's not the only joke I wrote. <laughs> oh, sorry, go on. <laughs> in some articles, he was described as a deckhand... But he was a 22-year-old Welsh graduate in economics and statistics, so he loved Aladdin. Get it? Because he was the genie in Aladdin, and he likes Aladdin. Oh wow, that's a stretch. That is a that is a stretch. Well, Welsh Robin Williams would have starred in Good Wish Hunting. Oh my God, she's still going. She's still going. Got any more in the tank? 
Yeah, but I'll save him for later. Okay. You guys have something to look forward yeah. to. Okay. Um, yeah, so they said he was a deckhand, but like, unless he was put there to work out the probability of them all dying a horrible death, not sure how qualified he was actually be, like, was to be there. Do you get what I mean? I get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He wasn't He's like a waste a bu- of space. Basically, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, they were heading for the spe- specific ocean. <laughs> so- I nearly spat my marita all over the mics then. Uh, the specific ocean. <laughs> love that. Love that. I can't handle the pressure of being the first episode. <laughs> I can't do this to no, you. Tell me more about the specific uh, ocean. It's a specific ocean. <laughs> really particular. It's a very specific ocean. Mm. Um, part of the Pacific Ocean. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. Some 64 million square miles in area, so it's very big. Mm. Um, it's 35,000 feet deep, so it's very deep. And with over 30,000 islands spread over almost a third of the Earth's surface. And how many fish are in it? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have the stats on that. <laughs> so, didn't, didn't see it as relevant. Oh, okay. Fair but fair. less after this story. Yeah. They left the Galapagos mm. uh, Islands, smashed that, on the 13th of June, 1972. So, that's over a year, just over a year of sailing. Um, and they were just 200 miles off from the Galapagos. Okay. When on the 15th of June, 16-year-old Douglas and his younger brother, Sandy, saw a triangular fin. <sighs> some members of the family were sleeping below deck having kept watch throughout the night and at 9 57 a.m they suddenly heard bang 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 and they said who's there <laughs> <laughs> very good here she is um no <laughs> it's serious so there were three <laughs> impacts in a row and it lifted the 43-foot boat into the air and threw everyone off their feet, okay? The whole boat shook, and they heard a loud crack, like the sound of a tree trunk being snapped in two, which oh meant God. only one thing. The piece of wood that runs the entire length of the boat had snapped. Does not sound good. I don't know much about boats, but I'd say that's Sounds like a bad. pretty integral piece of wood. Pretty integral piece of the boat. They heard a large splashing noise behind them, so they turned and they saw a pod of three killer whales following the boat. Shit. Um, So there's there's different articles said different reasons of why. Um, One was that there was a big squid on the end of a fishing line, which might have attracted them. And another... Well, they just left off the side of the boat. (laughs) That was careless. As in they were fishing and a squid... So in in one article, they they saw the big fin, they rolled in the fishing line, they saw there was a big fish and there was a big squid and they were like, that's going to attract... Some bad Something news. Big, yeah. Um, or the other one was that the whales thought the boat was a whale. Because killer whales hunt whales. Right. Okay. So, but they're not really sure. Um, from then, though, it took only minutes for the Lusat to sink. Lynn, their mother, was still in her nightgown. Um, oh, Dougal shouted, abandon ship, overboard, get in the raft. Lynn got caught in the rigging of the sinking <laughs> ship. Um, while Douglas was thrown into the water as the boat went under he kept feeling his legs to see if he still had them because he heard that you don't feel a bite you just know your legs are gone oh my god he knows now that killer whales aren't actually interested in eating humans um, but at the time he thought he was going to be eaten alive yeah which you would that's uh, yeah we've all seen blackfish oh my god the family plus Robin Williams (laughs) 
<laughs> grabbed a few items. What do you call Robin Williams covered in whale flour? Flubber. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, here we go. It's a serious story. Okay. <laughs> Thank God he's there to keep things light there. Right? Thank that is God. who you want on a rack. That is who you want with you. Yeah. Like, if you could have anyone to lift the spirit. Literally, it would be Robin you'd Williams. Pick Robin Williams. Yeah. Okay. He probably brought a few outfits, a few characters. You'd hope so. It'd be great. Okay. They grabbed a few items. Robin b- grabbed his wigs and abandoned ship, scrambling to board their inflatable rubber life raft and a nine foot fiberglass dinghy called Edna Mare. So oh, that's ha- got a name too. That's cute. So, yeah. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> um, I hope I said it right. So they've got like a big raft and then mm. a smaller dinghy. Okay. Um, they managed to grab six lemons, 10 oranges. I'm going to ask you to repeat all of these back. Okay. A tin of biscuits, a bag of onions, and half a pound of glucose sweets to sustain them. Go. Lemons. No, orange- you have to say how many. Oh. Uh, five lemons no you failed oh. okay so lynn <laughs> how many lemons was it six. Oh, god damn it lynn Sometimes. also grabs their papers the logbook a kitchen knife flares and her sewing box which comes in very useful um they have Smart. no maps though no compass or instruments which is a shame instruments <laughs> that's what i thought i was like didn't bring a, a, small, a small violin would be yeah. real good at this moment <laughs> yeah. like, like titanic yeah exactly to play the play the ship down mr robertson really reminds me of you at this point oh um because he stays he's like fe- very he stays smart. very positive he stays very oh, positive yeah, is- about the situation okay. he turns to his family and tells them we will not survive this yeah, that is absolutely what i would say <laughs> to be honest they don't deserve to have survived this far the fact that they've made it to the dinghy That's- you said they nearly died coming but this whole story yeah but they've made 18 months and he's a master mariner he is, yeah. He's really carrying... Yeah, but he's, he's the one, he's the one declaring we're not going to survive Yeah, he's this. like, guys, this is it. <laughs> so the guy who really knows his shit is saying, this is <laughs> we're it. Fact. We're fucked. Yeah. yeah. This is over. Um, nobody knew they were missing. They were not on a shipping route. Um, so the chances of being sighted or rescued were remote. Stakes are high. <laughs> two in the <laughs> life raft not gonna try an accent so day two of this ordeal they're castaways okay the survival raft was in poor condition and leaking um it got a hole in during the escape and it only got worse oh so it's starting well um they have to take it in turns to constantly blow it back up by mouth oh no which is just have you ever blown up a balloon yeah and then your your jaw that's it no but you know when your cheeks like feel like they like stretch mm. horrid yeah yeah that's all um <laughs> just think it sounds- you seem like a pump girl to me though yeah 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 <laughs> 100%. i'm sorry if in any situation you blown up something or someone else can do it for me yes yeah they will yeah um good. now the good news there is some good news they're in a place known for calm water and a lack of surface wind at the moment mm. but they decide to make their way towards the middle of the specific <laughs> why is this so hard <laughs> can we just call it the specific from now <laughs> yeah, on Yeah, absolutely you know what i mean yeah um where there will be like where there's like more chance of there being rainwater to collect okay because they need water um and there's more chance of being spotted by passing ships in the shipping lanes and they also hope they'll be able to catch the counter current back to america okay early on a few flying fish land in their boat 
Oh, that's, that's handy. It's handy, right? Wow. Uh, and they eat those raw. They are so lucky. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of luck. But no, but wait, okay. th- there is some skill as well. Yeah. Which we will have to decide which I one we're going to pick. Also, in my head, the what's the what's the mariner called? Dougal. Dougal. In my head, Dougal. Doesn't it just sound like he's from Father Ted? Yeah. Dougal is like um, just sat with his arms crossed in the corner of the boat after declaring <laughs> that they're all going to... Sorry, that was the sound <laughs> of me pouring... 37 margarita urine yeah um dougal sat sulking at the end of the boat completely resigned to the fact that they're all gonna die oh is that's it, spicy is it? <laughs> spicy that is a spicy urine is it goodness yeah sorry carry on um it's re- and it's really tickling me that the rest of them are surviving. They're all taking it in turns to blow into the hole. Yeah. They're sorting out the fish that are somehow just jumping into the boat. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dougal's there like, we should be dead by now. Yeah, Dougal's Livid. like, this is the worst. Um, no, Dougal, you know, he gets into it. Okay, so he that was just, just a, a moment of weakness he, from Dougal. He just likes to set expectations low. Yeah, he's done that phenomenally well. He, he sets the expectation low, and then we can all only be positively surprised. Okay, That's how my mum lives her life, to be fair. Oh, lovely. That does explain a lot about you. <laughs> <laughs> she told me I was going to be nothing. Got him out. Look at you now. Look at me now, mummy. <laughs> what a pleasant Drinking. surprise. <laughs> Oh God! Right, right. Let's take okay. a turn quick. I'm gonna yeah. So, flying fish. Yes. Um, they use a six-inch long piece of copper wire from Lynn's sewing basket. Remember that? Mm-hmm. They were like, we have no idea why she had that, but she yeah, is. Yeah, what an odd thing to have in your sewing <laughs> um, basket. And they connect fish hooks to the end of a paddle, and that catches um, fish. <laughs> Surprising. That's what you want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rather than anything else. Um, and they dry them in the sun to. To preserve them. On day three, one flying... Dry, dry the fish in the sun? Mm-hmm. Is that a tactic to... I Apparently, yeah. That could go in the survival kit. It could. I don't know. Just you wait. Oh, sorry. There's going to be oh, okay. so much more. I mean, copper... I'm trying to keep a mental note of things. Yeah, we've had copper wire, a sewing kit. A sewing a kit. A sewing kit is pretty strong. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so they... Dougal's optimism. They, they, Dougal's, op, Dougal's pure optimism, yeah. I think, really saw them through. Yeah. Okay. So, um, on day three, a flying fish landed in the boat, and Lynn marinated it with some lemon juice. Oh, so, thank God they had those lemons. It's, like, it's nice to know that no matter how bad it got, she didn't stop caring about flavour. Mmm. That you know is I mean? nice. That is really nice. That's Did she good- have, they have some salt? Did they dry out, dehydrate some of the seawater? There's so much marination happening in this story. I cannot oh. tell you. Nice. They made stews. Stop it. They had steak and eggs. I mean, just like <laughs> they made chicken. <laughs> well, let me let me get to it. They don't sound like nice ones, but okay. she really made an effort. All Good right, for her. she really made the raft a home. Um, the boat. <laughs> while, whilst she's just marinating with fish and lemon, yeah. um, the boat is floating just beneath the water, and sharks are circling. Oh God. But, like, at least their food tastes good. In some articles... Okay, so this is when, like, articles said different things. In some articles, it said water was up to their waists. Some, it said their chests. And others, it said their knees. Have they given up on blowing into the hole? No, they're still trying. Oh, okay. On day seven... Hope. Oh, they're only on day seven. Douglas, the 16-year-old, spots a large cargo ship a few miles away from their position. So they shoot two parachute rocket flares and three hand flares... But the ship never turns towards oh. them, and it sails on by. No. So now they're really in trouble. Yeah. Okay. Because they're on day seven, and they only have enough water to to to, 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 
to sustain them for 10 days. Also, how many flares have they just spunked on that A one? lot. They, they used a lot of flares early oh, on. Oh, that's really... A lot of flares. <laughs> that's really distressed me. <laughs> yeah, they, they really firework night it. Yeah. Um, I suppose you would, wouldn't you? They were so, just like, oh, well, yeah. looks nice. Um, the family reduced their diets to one single piece of meat. So they're like, Lynn, let's... let's yeah, scale back. <laughs> let's Save some of those lemons. Scale back on the roast. <laughs> yeah. Um, a single piece of meat three times a day and three or four sips of water each day. Um, getting enough liquids was the real challenge, especially sitting under the hot sun all day. It's very hot. Um, sometimes mm. they would lie in the baking heat, sucking on pieces of rubber, trying to create saliva just to ease their thirst. And they're up to their potential wastes in water the whole time. Knees, waist or chest. Sure. Knees, People pay a lot of waist money. or chest. <laughs> Knees or chest. People pay a lot of money to do that in the Thames, you know, in one of those like hot... You do you they? Do the, oh, sorry. You know, you can do the... The Thames? Um, yeah, you can do... That's right. The it? famously do, polluted Thames? You can do like hot tub things. No. Yeah. It might be nice water in the hot tub. See, Neil's nodding. You can do hot tub tours. Tours? I don't know. Journeys? Float down the river? Yeah. That sounds horrible. Yeah, to be fair, it doesn't sound great. I thought it was like when you go abroad and there's the like natural salt baths. Not no. the Thames. Yeah. Aren't there like eels on cocaine in the Thames? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Mostly. <laughs> They're what makes it a party. Yeah, eels having an absolute rave. Yeah. Um, really paranoid eels. So, where was I? Oh, yeah. So, it's very really hot. Yeah. Is my point. Okay. Um, sorry. Their clothes were also disintegrating in the sun and salt water, leaving them mm. even more burnt because their clothes mm. weren't like protecting them. Um, when they got to where they were hoping it would rain loads, there wasn't any rain to collect. They waited for three days and nothing came. Oh. So before long, they turned <laughs> to turtle blood. Oh, not what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> <laughs> It's mad to me that, that not once niche. does urine crop up in this story. <laughs> I was so confident. Okay, so I feel like we should just explain the urine. Okay. Me and Julia. <laughs> became... Don't include me in this. <laughs> no. We, we, we made a friendship over sharing two-for-one cocktail deals. We did. On margaritas. Yeah, big fan. I can now admit to you at the time, I did not like margaritas. I, really? I just want Julia to be my friend. Abby, <laughs> is that true? Did not like margaritas at all. I was a much bigger fan of a sex on the beach, but uh, that was that was very university freshers. And and Julia is just such an adult. I just wanted. I just wanted. I was like, okay, yeah, two for one. Because two for one, famously, you have to get the same cocktail. Yeah. Um, I, and I said margarita. So I said okay. Always, you were always game. For a margarita. So I was I always assume... game for friendship. Oh, Abby. <laughs> so but actually, now I like him. Are you sure? Yeah, genuinely. Okay. I've changed myself. Like, like I trained myself to like coffee and social interaction. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, I'm glad that I could um, be part of your margarita journey. Yeah. So now our friendship is quite heavily based on margaritas and lies. And (laughs) (laughs) so we thought we'd make it a central point of this podcast that we drink margaritas. Also, I think the the most key item to survival is 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 drinking your own. It's a spicy margarita, margarita, isn't it? No, but my theory is the key thing. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) 
<laughs> sorry, Julia, just trying to like, explain our I'm podcast. I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. I am listening. Yeah. The key is really There spicy. must be a whole chilli in that, I swear <laughs> to God. It is so spicy. I'm so sorry. I am listening. Yeah. Um, but I think a, a key part of survival is drinking your own urine. So we've taken margaritas and we've labelled them urine. Yeah. Because we've all you watched Bear Grylls. surprise now. It's what Bear Grylls does, day one. Yeah. They're not even, like, in the forest yet. It's just, like, he meets them I in the hotel. I think he likes the taste of it. I I'll be honest. honest. I, Any I, excuse? And he's like, piss? Anyone? Yeah. <laughs> he just brings it, like, in his bowl all ready so. to go. Yeah. He doesn't bring water. No, yeah. just piss. He's yeah. like, hi, nice to meet you. I bet his is real syrupy as well, but he likes it, yeah. like... You know how people like like really strong coffee? I bet he likes a real yeah. strong... See, if I went for two for one with Bear, oh. <laughs> I'd be drinking piss right now. Oh, Abby. <laughs> Such <laughs> a people pleaser. I'm like, absolutely, Bear. Let's, <laughs> let's do it. Salt around the rim, yes, please. Okay. Oh, okay. So that explains the piss. Good. What was I saying? Turtle, turtle blood. blood someone's listening they turned to turtle blood not urine okay but so also, i do apologize for that how many turtles were they seeing to be like this is enough of a source of liquid um i don't know they're in the ocean yeah but turtles see it's, it's like a big deal when you see a turtle you ever seen a turtle well maybe they're like a bit more common in the galapagos yeah they are actually aren't they Galap- yeah. they're famous for They turned to turtle blood for hydration. After their rescue, Douglas, the 16-year-old boy, said, you have to knock it back quickly, otherwise it sets into a blancmange. (laughs) Pause for gag. Just going to give you a little moment there. That is foul. That is so... Do you you know what? I'd rather drink my own piss than blancmange or... Oh, that actually is a point, though. So piss wasn't an option. That's why now that they're not drinking piss. They're not pissing. So because they're so dehydrated, there is no piss. So that's why. They must, yeah. Yeah. So they said it often has an aftertaste, which makes you want to retch, which is originally how I felt about margaritas. (laughs) We move move forward. No, that's actually how I feel about vodka. I can't do a shot of vodka. Really? I, I like a shot of tequila because they give you something to taste after i agree like they, sh- they should serve sh- sh- uh, shots of vodka with like a little bit of chocolate after oh that's a really good idea i know do you um is it because you vodka was your drink when you were a teen yeah i yeah. I, I remember the moment i went off it it was mm. at uni i was on a sports night because once again i was pretending to be someone i wasn't for mm. other people and <laughs> <laughs> who are these people oh the cheerleaders, cheerleaders. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did not belong. It. Did not belong. Yeah. Um, I just thought, like, if I wore the uniform, it would change my entire personality. You do look like you should be a cheerleader. I've tried very hard. Yeah. Still have the same personality, though. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't like me. Aww. So um, I did a shot of vodka, and it just made me feel ill mm. immediately. And I ran up to the toilets, and I just haven't had it since. Yeah, I so have I that like with a little, Sambuca. I like a little tasty taste after. Yeah. I seen that's what they were doing with the leftover lemons. They were just segmenting it up after yeah. the turtle blood. Knocking little... it back, doing little slammers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's why it's always good. So I think we should add lemons to the survival kit. It's possible. Well, actually, yeah, because scurvy. No scurvy, too. Oh, is that a thing? I just think, like... Why did you think they brought lemons? Because when you have to eat something or drink <laughs> something bad, You genuinely thought it was for garnish. I genuinely... I think that would be helpful to me. I think in a survival situation, I would really struggle eating and drinking plain horrible food. things no i love plain food that oh. is my ideal oh. beige food 
So if they could give me just something to just make it taste a little bit better, mm. I, I think that would help me. So ge- do you genuinely not know why they have lemons on a boat? No, why do they? To stop them getting scurvy. You know pirates would get scurvy. Not personally, I don't know no. any. Oh, really? Um, pirates would get scurvy. What's and scurvy? Scurvy is like a disease, right? It like attacks your teeth. Okay, so, so what um, did the lemons do? The vitamin C in the lemons stops you from getting scurvy. So, like, you could get scurvy on land, but because on a boat you don't often okay. have all the vitamins. Their you. boat was more of a yacht, though, so I think the lemons were for pleasure originally. <laughs> okay. All right, then. <laughs> um, but, yeah, now I think it's just what they grabbed, to be honest. Um, the Sun Douglas also said in an article, you wouldn't believe how hard it is to kill a turtle with your bare hands. <laughs> I bet. No, see, how I, do you kill a turtle with your bare hands? I was surprised, because from what I've taken from Finding Nemo, they're very chill. <laughs> they're like always hot you think they'd be very relaxed about it yeah okay um but no quite quite the fighters apparently um don't about, they just retract into their shell no apparently the first ones he caught he had to let go because they fought so hard they slashed him with their razor sharp claws <gasps> but um because when they got cut by the sea turtles because they've been so deprived of water not only are they not weeing um when the turtle cut them they wouldn't bleed because the body was sacrificing their extremities to maintain heart, lung and brain function. Yeah. So their like hands and feet didn't bleed. Um, no. Oh. They just weren't bleeding. Um, Isn't that clever? That yeah, really clever. Um, they learned quickly enough though and they ended up catching 13 turtles in total. Wow. Um, so Do you know how they killed them? I don't want to talk about it, Julia. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's the one bit in the article I really didn't like. Oh, okay. We found Abby's line. <laughs> it's animals. <laughs> Killing turtles. Yeah. Um, okay, so they'd tie them up. <laughs> oh, God. It's horrid. They'd, they'd tie them up and they'd cut the juggler. Yeah. So they'd bleed the turtles. Right, okay. I have in the script. I don't want to say how because it makes me sad, but <laughs> you just made me. You Sorry. Um, and then they'd catch the blood in balers. So what they'd been bailing the water out oh, of. Oh, right, okay. They catch the blood and they'd have to be careful not to spill any of the blood into the water because that would attract sharks. Apparently the taste was grim and salty, but it kept them alive. They would then also, this is when the steak and eggs comes in, they'd eat the turtles' meat as steaks oh. and any eggs they found inside of them. Ugh, steak gross. and eggs. Um, another thing they did to relieve thirst was drink fish spinal fluid and eat their eyes for a bit of liquid and vitamin C. So they'd run out of lemons at this point. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Had to look for a different vitamin C source. Um, So, obviously, life on the raft was grim. Yeah. (laughs) Dougal was like, I told you so. I told you this was going to be bad. (laughs) So they divided up the tasks. Whilst Dougal oversaw fishing and catching turtles, Lynn took care of the house in inverted Mm. commas um she encouraged everyone to keep up their hygiene exercise imagine at that point having to then exercise no this is the bigger raft oh sorry sorry sorry. the smaller dinghy hasn't come into action later that's later so they're in the bigger raft it's for like 10 people they got some room they haven't got much room though so like it's for 10 people if you max it out but it only comfortably fit five which is how many they have so what's she doing? Running some like yoga sessions? I don't know, just like or... sit-ups, I guess. <laughs> okay. They, they, actually, they couldn't even do that. Maybe they were just doing that thing where you put shopping bags on the end of your arms and just try and hold them oh, out. they got shopping bags. <laughs> of lemons. <laughs> um, so she just tried to kind of like encourage people to keep 
some kind of normal schedule. Mm. She got them to write to friends and draw pictures on pieces of sailcloth. They Aww. also invented games and tried to imagine their li- what their lives would be like if they returned home. They thought about getting a cat. <laughs> Which is what, at home. It's what I like to think of in any, in any bad scenario. Yeah. That's really what brings me back. Yeah. Um, and they also thought of opening a restaurant. In the specific ocean. <laughs> a really specific <laughs> restaurant that only sold lemon fish um, and turtle blood. So the day, the daily routines and the planning helped distract them. Yeah. Um, and it provided structure to their days and it helped them avoid the nasty anxiety that would have made it all much harder. Mm. Um, and it's often the case, apparently, that people manage to survive things by planning future projects as it helps you mentally. So another thing possibly for the survival kit. Yeah. Planning. Mm. Just going to look down the camera to my ex and just say planning. Um, <laughs> Worst case scenario. Okay, speaking of planning mm. and prep. Yeah. Oh, God, I love it. You've overdone it, haven't you? Love it. <laughs> You've overprepped. Um, look, I love a detail. Mm. And I hope you do too. I think every single one is worth it, but it does mean we've had to make this story a two-parter. So you're welcome, really. Because it's ready to listen to now. Yeah, it's like your parents are divorced, you're getting a second Christmas present. It's <laughs> it's a shame, but in the end, it's a gift. Um, <laughs> it's not a shame. <laughs> Please don't describe our podcast as a shame. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, and much like your parents promised to stay together I know we promised you survival stories of your own at the end of the episode and format wise that is what we'll be doing going forward Mm. but um, seeing as we all need to just hop over to that second episode now you'll find them at the end of that episode Um, and if you want to send in any of your own for the future please send them via help at wcspod.com and we can't wait to read them perfect Uh, If you've enjoyed the podcast so far, please click the follow button and rate and review the podcast if you're enjoying it. That would be really helpful. And episode two is available right now. Your parents still love you. (laughs) Get attacked by an angry shark. Stuck up a mountain in the dark. Pushed up the top of a big landmark. Hit by lightning in your local park. Caught in the downpour of acid rain. Struck by a meteor or a train. A proton beam passing through your brain. Attacked by that angry shark again. Hear how they survive. Trampled by a herd of buffalo Chased with an axe by your new friend Joe Buried alive in a pile of snow The worst case scenario How good. Uh, To make sure you don't miss part two, search for Worst Case Scenarios on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you find your podcasts. Once you've tapped follow for that show, as usual, don't forget to do the same for this show as well, so you can find your next podcast. All my recommendations for the whole series will, as usual, be on Podcast Rex at www.podcastrex.com. That is www.podcastrex.com. 